All right, let me turn in my Bible to where we're going to be. Um, real quick, um, actually, do we have those new people cards? Uh, I know I'm throwing this on you last second. Uh, I think they're back somewhere. Um, if you're new, would you be so bold uh, to raise your hand and let us know that you're brand new? This is your first time ever at Echo Youth. Everybody give it up for our friends here, for our friends. We got three. We got one right here, two up here. Hey, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a, a, a card and a pen. And here's the thing. No pressure. But if you have a good time tonight, if you love uh, being here, we'd love if you'd fill this out. Um, and then over here, Logan. Uh, we'd love if you'd fill this out with just your info. And what it does is it helps us stay connected. And so uh, sometimes uh, you have a hard week at school or sometimes just you want, you need, you are so interested in, in God and you want someone to talk to about it. And so what this does is we'll get you connected with one of your leaders. Uh, we'll also uh, get you connected on Instagram, following the page, because that's where we do all, all of our announcements and things like that. And so we'd love if you fill that out, if you love Echo Youth. If you don't, don't fill it out. So there you go. Um, all right. We are in a series that I'm really loving. It's one of my favorites of all time, just because the character is my favorite character in the Bible. But we are in a series called The House of Who? The House of David. And I just realized I forgot to do our famous intro. So real quick, if you're new, you'll hear what's up right now. Uh, what's up, Echo? You. Oh, that's tough. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, so we are in a series uh, called The House of David, where we're talking about the story of David and uh, the importance of that in the Bible. And does that pen not work? Oh, my goodness. We need a pen. We need a better pen somewhere. If Oh, Lyric, when yours is done, pass that pen down this way, yeah? You'll get one right now. When she's done with her pen, she'll pass it over. Okay. It's okay. We'll get, we have one right here that's going to be done soon. Okay. So what we've been doing is we've been going through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and right now we are in the portion of the Bible that is 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and it's all about David uh, and kind of the pre-story. So we talked about Samuel. Everybody remember that? If you didn't, you can go back, check the podcast. Uh, we also talked about uh, Saul last week, King Saul. So here's where we pick up. I'm going to dive right into it because I don't want to waste any time, and we, it's the last week of the month, so we got some birthdays to celebrate tonight and all that stuff. So, Saul, remember Saul fell out of grace with God. Saul disobeyed God. Saul didn't have a repentant heart, and so Saul, God's anointing left Saul. Everybody say, uh-oh. Uh, so God's anointing left Saul, and so what happens is now God goes to Samuel. Everybody say, Samuel. Um, Samuel, the Manuel. Uh, so God goes to Samuel and says, hey, we're going to anoint a new king. And so here's what's interesting. God tells Samuel, you're going to go to Bethlehem. You're going to go to Bethlehem, and there'll be a man named Jesse. Everybody say Jesse. There'll be a man named Jesse, and Jesse, one of his sons, is going to be king. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house, knocks on the door. Like this. And he says, police, open up. No, I'm just kidding. So he says, Jesse, I'm here. One of your sons 
is to be anointed king. Talk about a proud father moment. You're like, sweet. So Jesse brings out all of his sons, lines them up. Right? It's like the bachelor. You know? They're all lined up, and Samuel goes down the line, and he says, no, I don't think that one's it. And he goes down to this one. He says, no, I don't think that one's it either. And they're all, you know. And then Samuel goes down, like, no, this isn't it. No, sorry, you're not it. No, sorry, you're not the anointed king of Israel. <laughs> no, sorry. It goes all the way down the line to the last son. And Samuel goes, well, this is awkward because God told me it'd be one of your sons, but it's none of these dudes. And so he says, Jesse, do you have another son? And Jesse goes, oh, oh yeah, I do have another son. He's just out in the field. Tending to the sheep, his name's David. Sam says, bring that boy in here. So David walks in the house. Sam goes, that's him. Everybody say, that's him. <laughs> David is him, okay? Uh, so Samuel anoints David to be king. Here's the interesting thing, though. After David gets anointed as king, he doesn't become king for another 14 years. That's weird. Have, we've all been there, and if you haven't yet, you're going to be there where God calls you to something big. God, you feel like you're, you, have a, you have this idea in your head that God's given you a dream. I want to be uh, a Christian recording artist. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pastor one day. I want to be fill in the blank. For me, when I was 10, I, I felt really called to be a worship pastor. But I've never, ever met a 10-year-old worship pastor. So here's the thing that David had to do, that I had to do, that a lot of different people have to do. Even when we know what we want to be when we grow up, what do we do right now? What do we do while we're waiting the 14 years until our dream job or our dream whatever? Because we still have to live life in the present. We still have to live life in the now. Amen? We still have to be uh, doing what we're doing. And I'm going to tell you why this is so important. Because David lived in the present. David did what God asked him to do each and every day. And because of that, he saw some amazing things happen in his life. So much so that even King Saul was tormented. He was having a tough time. And, the, and he asks, I need someone who can help me. And someone says, well, I know this kid, David, he plays the harp really well, and he's a really good worshiper. I wonder if he just worshiped in your presence, if it would help. So David goes and plays his little harp, worships, and he does. And at this point, the, David gets described as a mighty man of valor and a warrior. This is pre-Goliath. So I'm also here tonight to debunk, to myth bust something that I learned in Sunday school, and maybe all of us did too. Here's the thing about David. David was a shepherd, yes. David was young, yes. David was not weak, okay? This is where we, and it's actually going to make the story better. David, it's jokes, but David was him, okay? David was, was legit. David was tall. The, the chapter 16 says David was handsome four times. Like if, God, if somehow God wrote a chapter about me, like, please, let it say at least once that I'm handsome in there. All of you are like, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, but if my wife wrote it, it's got to be in there at least once. But it's, it said four times that he's handsome. So David is a stud. David is, though, he is young, and he hasn't been at war, 
but he's not this weak little kid that we often think. You know what I mean? Like he's not this little 10-year-old that's going to fight a giant. David's a stud, okay? But it still makes, it's going to make the story better, not worse. I promise, okay? We're going to get there. So there's all these brothers. All of David's brothers get to go off to war. And they get to fight. And that's like an honorable thing back in the day, right? And David stays home with the sheep. Man. But he does that because his dad is old. It needs help, right? So he's doing a good thing. So he goes and he's taking care of the sheep. And then at some point his dad says, hey, David, why don't you go meet your brothers at the battlefield, make sure they're doing okay, and bring them this cheese. <laughs> he's saying bring them a Lunchable, okay? Bring them some food. I wish sometimes like my siblings would just bring me some food when I'm working hard, you know. So David does. He goes, he brings the cheese. He's not cutting the cheese, he's carrying the cheese, okay? So he brings it to his brothers, and when he brings it to his brothers, he, go, he looks out and he sees that there's this eight-foot man named Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. Goliath. This eight-foot dude named Goliath who is he's just joke. He's like yoked out of his mind. He's yaggled. He's been in the gym morning, afternoon, and night. Just kidding. But he's been a warrior since he was a kid. Goliath is what they would call a champion, which means he's the best fighter that the Philistines have. And so Goliath says, I'm, we're going we're gonna to save, we're going to spare the bloodshed. Goliath comes out, whoever your best fighter is, come fight me. If I win, you are all our slaves. If you win, they'll be your slaves. And he stands there for 40 days mocking the Israelites, and they're shaking in their boots. And young Handsome David walks up. What's going on? This guy's out here. He's, we don't know what to do. He's calling us out. We don't have anybody to fight him. David says, I'll fight him. They're like, bro. Saul says, David, you, you can't fight him. Right? Here, I'll read it actually out of the Bible. So I'm reading some scripture today. <laughs> Where is it? 31. Okay, when the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him because you're just a little kid. Just kidding. He says, you're young. He says, you're inexperienced at war. You're a young guy. I, and, and part of what he's saying is you're too young to die. Right? It's not that, David, you're, you're so weak you can't do it, even, even though that's what they're thinking because everyone's too weak to kill Goliath. You get in a boxing match with Goliath, you're not going to win. But what he's saying is, David, you're too young to die, man. you got too much potential. Let someone else go. And, you know, God will figure this out afterward. They're slaves because we're, we're going to lose. And, and David says, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him, rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by, by his beard and struck him and killed him. David just said that he grabbed a lion by his mane and punched him in the face and killed him. You cannot convince me that David was weak. You can't convince me David's this little, wimpy little kid. David was him, okay? David said, I punched that fool and he died. He said, I KO'd him. 
the lion. I know the lion didn't deserve it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And he says, this Philistine's just going to be like one of them. Goliath, he says, Goliath's just going to be like one of them. I'm going to fight him too, and he's going to die. All because, and here's what he says. He says, because my God, the God who delivered me from the bear and the lion is the God that's going to deliver me from this giant. So David, it was this, two, this two-pronged thing. David knew that God had given him the ability to do this, but he also knew that God was on his side. Here's the thing that David knew. David knew that this wasn't Israel's battle and this wasn't David's battle. This was God's battle. And he said, if God has called me to fight this battle with him, I'm not going to lose. There's no way I lose. Because this guy, he's not mocking Israel. He's mocking God. Sometimes in our life, we need to rise up and be like, man, this, this isn't a fight just about me. This isn't a fight about them. The Bible says we don't, we don't fight fights of flesh and blood. But what happens is sometimes people are rising up against my God. And it's like, I got to say something. You know? I got to stand up for what I believe in. And, and we don't do it in a way that we're like, right? The Bible says to blessed are the peacemakers, turn the other cheek. So sometimes we just need to stand up for what we believe in. Simply not that we're standing against something, but we're standing for God. Amen. And so th- this is where David is at. So he fights him. David has this thing called a sling. Anybody know what a sling is? It's one long string and then a, like a leather pocket and then another long string. Okay? And he puts a rock in it, like a smooth rock. And he takes it like this and he swings it around his head. Now, if you can imagine me throwing a rock as hard as I can, that would hurt. Now imagine the sling adding that much more torque to it. And then he goes like this and it releases it. Go home and look up YouTube's of slings, YouTube videos of people like throwing rocks at slingshots. It's gnarly. Uh, they could throw it like 120 miles an hour, right? So David's like, I know what I'm doing. So he takes this thing. There's this giant. He's like, all right. And it hits him in the forehead, buries into his forehead. Goliath passes out. Then David finishes the job. Gets kind of gory. We don't need to go there, but. David wins. Okay? All right. Now I got four things. Everybody say four things. I got four things that this story tells us. David being outcast, David being unnoticed by his father, and then David turning into a giant slayer. What does that mean for us? Okay? And what this means is, remember, if we could go back to the beginning of what I said. Each and every one of us have a call on our life. Each and every one of us, uh, God has a plan and a purpose for us. And so what do we do between now and then? And here's the answer. We're going to have a big calling. Like, I want to be this when I grow up. But also, you, each and every one of you are going to make a difference right now. Each and every one of you can make a difference on your school campus tomorrow. Here's how I know it. You, we, we've been pushing this, this, hey, something special's happening this year. Something special's happening this year. Like, you guys are, we've been pushing you to invite your friends. And here's something that I want to give you some, I want to give you some praise for, okay? Since school has started, you guys have averaged three new friends a week since school has started. There's been four weeks. Every week, there's been at least three or four new friends at youth group. That's crazy. That's awesome. You know why that is? Because you guys care enough to say, I want to bring my friends so that they can encounter Jesus too because he loves me so much. Amen? So you can make a difference between, like David made a difference, between the time that he was just a forgotten shepherd boy and king. Amen? All right, here's the four things. Number one, everybody say, number one. 
Number one is that David sought the Lord. This means David, David was going after God. David was worshiping, hypothetically, David was worshiping in his bedroom. What does this mean? This means that sometimes we're really, really good at worshiping when we're at youth group. We're really good at worshiping when we're at church. We're really good at putting on a facade because we want people to notice or like maybe we're at like smug night and the pastor's like saying words over everybody. And instead of being like, God, thank you for blessing all these people, we think, God, why haven't you blessed me? And so what happens is, I've, I've been there. What happens is, is the pastor is like, preaching and you're just trying to make eye contact with him and then worship starts and he's like over here so you're looking <laughs> right you're like trying to follow because you're like I just want to feel special anybody ever been there okay you don't have to raise your hand I've been there so we put on the show when it matters we, we worship God when it serves us but we're not very good at worshiping God when it only serves him so what was David good at? David was good at worshiping God when no one was looking. David was good at worshiping God when it was just him. We got to do the right thing even when nobody's looking, guys. We got to spend time with Jesus even when no one's looking. We got we, we to do the honorable thing even when no one's looking. We got to seek God in all of it. Amen? And David wrote like 90% of the book of Psalms, which is just worship songs. <laughs> He spent some time with the Lord. Here's the next thing. Number two, he put in the hard work that would go unnoticed. Shepherding's not easy. David was working, and he had to kill a bear and a lion because they were trying to kill his sheep. So David was doing the hard stuff that goes unnoticed. Sometimes we want the instant gratification of, of somebody else's calling. If I went out to the mall and I asked all, all the kids at the mall, the youth age folks, your friends, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? Like half of them would say, a YouTuber. I want to be a Twitch streamer. I want to be a social media influencer. Right? I want to be all these different stuff. Why? Because for us on the exterior, it seems easy. I just get to be myself and get famous for it and get paid. Why would I ever work hard? And what happens to most people when that's their dream and they don't have any purpose behind it, what happens is when it comes time to put the hard work in, we, we are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know you had to work hard at this. I didn't know you had to put in time to make this happen. When my, my old youth pastor, Pastor Javen, used to say this thing that's so profound is oftentimes we're, we're walking, looking at the trees, wanting that while we're stomping on all the seeds that are underneath our feet. What that means is if you would just pause for a second and realize what God, the gifts that God has given you and water them, and it's going to take time. It's going to take time. But eventually, you, you, you seek God. He's going to guide our steps. He's going to provide for us, and we're going to have the things that he wants for us that we're jealous of now. So don't look at somebody and compare yourself because they put hard work in, right? You know how many hours I've spent on the piano when I was just a kid to the time that I started playing in the worship team when I was 10, 11 years old to the time I became a, a, a worship pastor at 19 years old to now when I'm 28? You know how much time I've spent? Just sit, You can ask Danielle. Even at our home now, I'll just sit and play and just figure stuff out and write songs or whatever. I don't do it as much as I used to because we got a little kid who tries to throw stuff at my head when I'm doing it. But... <clears throat> But you know how much time I've spent even just singing 
In college, I took four years of vocal lessons. That sucks. I hate that. Singing in front of someone who's just critiquing you the whole time is not fun. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but it's good. You got to put in the hard work. Does that make sense, everybody? You know how much time? Okay, listen. My, what, guess what my least favorite subject in school was? No, I was good at math. I was really good at math. I was really good at science, too. English. And you know what I do for a living? You know what I do for a living, guys? I read books, and I write, like, 10-page essays to tell you guys every single week. That's what I do for a, for a living. And I hate writing papers. I hate it. But you know what I have to do every week? Because I know that if I preach a good word, if I, if I, if I, make, this, if I make the word of God come alive to you guys, it could be life-changing. So I put the time in. You can ask Danielle. I've been up to 3, 4 in the morning writing a sermon just because I, I can't stop because it's on the top of my head. I'm just going, 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 going. And then it's kind of bad because then I sleep in late. Danielle's like, bro. But you got to put the time in. You got to do the hard work. Amen, everybody? All right. Here's the thing about that. David was rejected. He was like outcast. He's like just the, the brother that dad forgot about. And here's what David could have done. David could have been like, this is my trauma moment, right? <laughs> This is what makes me go over the deep end, right? My dad forgot about me. And David could have played the victim, and David could have been like, you know, nobody ever loved me and all this kind of stuff. And I get that. Sometimes we get in that, that loop. But you know what David did? David took the time to keep seeking the person who loved him most, which was God. And here's what happened. It wasn't, here's what happened. It was because David was outcast, it was because David was forgotten about, it was because David was the one who had to tend the sheep, that he became a good king. Because he learned the best way to become a king, which was being a shepherd. Right? If he was just a warrior, he wouldn't have been a good king. They tried that with Saul. David was a good king because he was outcast. Okay, all right. Number three. David was content with who he was. Oh, this one's hard for me. This one's hard for all of us. We look at someone, we're jealous. Anybody ever been jealous of somebody? It's like, oh, man. She's so pretty. I just want to be like her. Oh, my God, she's perfect. Or us guys, like, dude, he's so strong. Like, I just want to, you know. Like, that girl probably, my crush probably likes him instead of me. You know, I got to beat him up, you know. Or whatever it is, he's so good at. <laughs> nowadays he's so good at call of duty oh my gosh <laughs> i don't know what it is but you know you know what i mean we've been jealous before oh they're so good at singing or they're so good at this or they're so good at, i just want to be them i just want to be them you know what david never did david david never compared himself to anybody else david said if god called me to this then i'm it david didn't say oh wow goliath is like he's scary he's really scary David wasn't like, I want to be like Goliath when I grow up. David's like, God called me to kill this dude. So here it goes. He was okay with being who he was. Hey, we got to be okay with who God made us to be. How God created us, how God looks at us, we got to be okay with that. We got to be okay with God. God, the plan that you have for me, that's cool. I'm with it. God, like, however you made me, look. It's hard, but I, w- I want each and every one of us to one day get to the place where we can look in the mirror and smile because God made you just how he wanted to. Just how he wanted to. He said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nothing wrong with you. He loves you. 
And so once we, can, once we can realize, it's like we talked about with Saul. This was Saul's shortcoming, and this is what David did really well. Is once we can realize that our identity is simply just loved by God, then nothing else really matters. It doesn't matter if I'm a good shepherd. It doesn't matter if I'm a good king. It doesn't matter if I even fail at killing Goliath. All that matters is God loved me, and he called me to this, and so it's okay. For me, it doesn't matter if I'm a good youth pastor, uh, if I fail at times, or if I fail at being a good husband sometimes, even though I want to try and do my very best to be those good things, if I fail at something, it's not going to ruin who I am. Does that make sense, everybody? Sometimes we get so hard on ourselves because we messed up, and you're like, oh, I'm so awful. My siblings are perfect. You know, imagine being Jesus' brother. <laughs> Mary's like, why can't you be more like Jesus? He's literally the son of God, Mom. You know, I can't be like him. We sometimes are like, oh, they're just so perfect. They got good grades and all this, and I'm struggling to get a C. You know, it's like, ugh. But what if we were just okay being exactly who we are? And not even who, the, who, who, who people try to tell us we are, who God tells us we are. Amen? All right, number four. Kev, that's your cue. All right, number four. David stayed ready. Everybody say, stay ready. I don't got to get ready. I stay ready. <laughs> David stayed ready. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So li listen, David didn't become king for 14 years, but you know what David did in the meantime? Killed Goliath. So some of us, we're not going to get to the place that we want to. Like when we get older, I want to be this, I want to be this. We're not going to get there for a long time. But what you can do is you can step in front of a Goliath in your life right now, and you can do what God has called you to do. You can make a difference on your school campus. You can lead your parents to Jesus. You can lead your, your friends to him. You can, you can change your life from the inside out right now. You can start leading worship on, at youth group. You can start preaching at youth group. I don't care. You can make a huge difference. You can make an impact. You could create your own nonprofit at 12 years old. I don't know. The sky is the limit because sometimes God is, God is not just interested on, on, on your long-term call. God is interested on the day-to-day. -day. What are you going to do today? What, tomorrow I want to wake up and look in the mirror and be like, all right, God, what do you want me to do today? I want to do something amazing for you. I want to pray dangerous prayers where it's like, man, I don't want to just pray my, like, God, bless my day, bless my food, help me sleep good, amen. I want to pray a prayer. God, would you put me in a situation that makes me uncomfortable so that I can make a difference? Can I do that? Right? And then D David eventually gets crowned king, and it's awesome. It's amazing, everything. But he still messes up. He still does bad stuff. We'll learn about that later. He seeks after God the whole time. But you know what got David from the anointing to the crowning was him paying attention to the little things. Guys, can I stress this? That the little things really matter. When you're at school and you're deciding whether you're going to cheat on the test or not. I've done it, okay? But when we're deciding on whether we're going to do the right thing or the wrong thing, you see a friend of yours getting bullied. And you're like, oh, I don't want to get really involved in that. They'll figure it out. I think they'll be all right. And we turn and walk the other way. Here's the thing. What if someone we hate is getting bullied? What do we do then? What if someone we don't like is getting bullied? Do we just walk away? Are we going to do the right thing? Right? The little things matter. How we talk to our parents. Even if your parents are wrong. 
which most of the time they're not. But even if they are, the Bible says honor our father and mother. Sometimes it's hard, but we got to do it anyways. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. The little things matter so much. Are you going to make an effort? God put you in school, so treat school like you're doing it for him. God, I'm going to learn. You give me a brain. <laughs> or if you're working, God, I'm going to work hard. I don't like my manager. Her, it's toxic, you know. It's a toxic work environment. No, but I'm going to work hard because God put me here, and maybe my work ethic is going to minister to somebody. And here's what we always do. How does this point to Jesus? Oh, man, there was another little boy in Bethlehem who saw a big Goliath and saw a people that were shaking in their boots. And that little boy from Bethlehem said, you know what? I can do this. And that little boy grew up to be named Jesus. And his task was way greater than killing Goliath. His task was dying on the cross, bearing all of our sins. So he could take the keys from Satan, win us back. Why? Because he says that you, you are worth it. You're worth it to him. Here's the cool thing about the story of David and Goliath. David didn't fight for Israel. When, there's a, when, the, when it's a champion versus a champion, if, if David lost, Israel becomes slaves. So David's not fighting for Israel. He's fighting as Israel. Jesus didn't die on the cross just for us. Jesus died and fought that fight as us. He said, the, 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 these, he took our sins. He bore our shame. He put on all the things that make us imperfect to himself. He said, this is me. Put it on me. The thing that should disqualify us, it's like if you, if you did something really bad and you're supposed to go to jail and it's like, oh man, and someone walked in, I'll take it, put me in. What? I don't, but I don't, I don't even know you. Some, in some cases, I don't even like you. It's like, oh no, I'll take it, I'll take it. That's how Jesus went for us. The story of David and Goliath, we're not David. And we're not Goliath. Were the Israelites scared, waiting for a savior? And Jesus shows up with a reckless love. A young one fighting this giant. Jesus conquering death, sin, and the grave. The rest of the band, you can go up on stage because we're going to worship. Everybody, would you stand up with me? So here's this thing. Here's the thing. We're going to sing this song again, Reckless Love. And let's think about it in a different way. And Jesus isn't, it's not that Jesus isn't calculated. It's not that Jesus doesn't know what he's doing. The, the part that is reckless about Jesus is that he would put himself on a cross for people that might not even say yes. It's reckless that David would go fight a giant. It's reckless that Jesus would put himself out there when most of the people that he loves would say no. But maybe there's people in the room here tonight that would love to say yes. So real quick, everybody's eyes closed. Bow your heads real quick, real quick. I'm not going to make this awkward. It's going to be cool. But listen, if you just realize, man, Jesus loves me so much, I never knew that, and, or I thought about it, or I don't know. And, and, but if Jesus says I'm worth it, I've been struggling feeling worthy, but all of a sudden Jesus, I, I just realized Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I want to follow him because I want, I want to feel that for the rest of my life. Is that, if that's you and you want to follow Jesus and you're making that decision for the first time, would you raise your hand nice and high, nice and high? 
Raise it nice and high. Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Now, everybody open your eyes. I'm not going to make you pray a prayer if you did that. I'm not going to make you do anything special. The Bible says all you have to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is real. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing this song. Reckless love of God. And just think about Jesus dying on that cross for you. Dying a death that he never deserved. He was perfect. He never even sinned. Dying on the cross for you because he loved you and he says you're worth it. Amen. Jesus, we lift you up. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that you, you, you died for us even when we didn't deserve it. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. So, God, help us to lift you up. Help us to worship you with everything we have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.